Hello and welcome to uh, Views from the Market, Mid-Market M&A and Private Equity in Canada. My name is Mario Nikra. I'm a partner in the M&A and Private Equity Group at Steichman Elliott. On today's podcast, I'd like to introduce Avshin Afshar. Afshin is the founder and managing partner of Pilot Wave Holdings. Pilot Wave is uh, an acquisition firm based uh, in the U.S., uh, focused on buying traditional businesses, but then uh, bringing to them uh, technology and growing them with a with a kind of modern technology focus. So, and and Afshin has uh, recently completed a deal a transaction here in Canada, and so I'm excited to to have you aboard, Afshin. Uh, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. It's a real pleasure to be here. And I, I'd like to start, Afshin, uh, just talking a little bit about yourself and Pilot Wave and their kind of unique uh, perspective in terms of how they look at, uh, at uh, acquisitions. Um, so I'd, if you could tell us a little bit about yourself and, and Pilot Wave, we'd love to learn more. Yeah, so, so I think you summarized it really beautifully. We, we look to engage in mostly change of control acquisition transactions with lower to middle, middle market businesses, industry agnostic, all traditional businesses and industries. And our investment thesis is extremely focused on growing them with all the best technology in the world that they would not otherwise have access to for a variety of cash flow or cultural or know-how or access reasons. Said another way, we're looking to really even the playing field between Amazon, Google, Facebook, Apple, and Silicon Valley tech companies and the rest of the economy. Uh, we, we, as you mentioned, we, we have completed a transaction in Canada. Um, we've done a, a, another one in the U.S. and we have several more in the pipe. But we always look to think about how data analytics, AI, all the buzzwords of today can be used by the small, medium-sized businesses. But about myself, prior to founding Pilot Wave, uh, I was very privileged to enjoy some senior roles across the industry. I was a senior partner at Cerberus Capital as the chief artificial intelligence officer there. That was the first such role in the history of private equity, reporting directly to Steve Feinberg. Uh, in many ways, that was a dress rehearsal for Pilot Wave, spanned the entire firm, including investment responsibilities, operating responsibilities. Uh, I'm sure many of your audience knows that Cerberus is industry agnostic as well, really gave me a wonderful exposure broad and deep to all the various, various things uh, and applications, potential applications of technology. Before that, I was on the sales side. I was the chief data science officer at JP Morgan on their, uh, on, in their corporate investment bank. That was also the first such role in the history of Wall Street and that industry, spanning every business globally and functionally, also being involved in investing in fintech startup companies. Before that, managing director at Goldman Sachs, similar global and cross-functional role and mandate, and similarly involved in fintech investing. Before that, academia, I have a PhD in what would now be considered artificial intelligence from Stanford University. I'm also a medical doctor uh, from the same school. So I have a broad and deep education, uh, you could argue across cultural bent, which, is, which I've carried uh, through my entire career since. The rest of the team is similarly broad and deep, variety of backgrounds, all the big firms, technology firms, and all the, all the usual players are there. Um, but yeah, uh, we, we bring together all the broad and deep skills that we have from deal making, from technology, from analytics, uh, from working enterprise companies to really help those smaller businesses dramatically accelerate their growth with all the best tools in the world. 
Afshin, I'm excited to have you in our marketplace, given the depth and the background of the team. Uh, I'm I'm curious how you ended up doing a deal in Canada, and 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 you know why Canada, what uh, what what got you to 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 Canada? Just curious to know a little bit more about your interest in Canada and how you got a deal done in Canada. Well, th- yeah, it's the a good question. Um, I think the short version of that answer is Canada's got a lot of amazing things going for it. It's got a rapidly growing um, uh, uh, technology community. And more than that, even an appreciation for technology. Uh, I think perhaps some of your audience knows that in many ways, the the, the father or the godfather of the Renaissance in AI is is a Canadian, Jeff Hinton, um, based in University of Toronto. Uh, In addition to that, there are some very, very strong businesses uh, across uh, a variety uh, of industries in Canada. I think from a macroeconomic perspective, there's demographic shifts uh, where we in the U.S. perhaps are, are struggling with a variety of political uh, uh, factors and, 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 and stresses, I think uh, that's causing a, a lot more interest in Canada. With respect to this particular transaction, it, like anything else, it's, it's the strength of weak ties. Uh, a, a colleague of a colleague, a friend of a friend, uh, alerted us to this potential opportunity. And it was really exactly what we were looking for. It was a really strong management team. That's the first, second, and third thing we care about. It was a, a, an industry which, which we know, uh, construction. It was an opportunity set where we thought we were de-risked, uh, given where they're based in Nova Scotia and, and the Maritimes. And we thought we could dramatically help grow it. So it fit our investment thesis. It had the right um, uh, management team in place that that we look to grow with. It had the right technology opportunities. And uh, we thought that the the macroeconomics were only favorable to it. So so that that was a perfect storm. well, we're, we're excited to have you invest in Canada. And I have to ask, Avshin, what I find fascinating is, you know, often when you when you look at investors in Canadian companies, they obviously look at the, the traditional ma- matrix, you know, in terms of evaluating a company. But it looks like from your perspective, you, you, you come at a company from an acquisition target point of view with a different lens or with a layered lens. So it's not just traditional metrics for you. It's not traditional, you know, kind of, analysis, but you bring a whole other analysis I, I'm, uh, from what I, uh, I've come to understand that's related to, I guess, where you could take this company from a technology infused kind of technology focused perspective. Is that when you when you look at targets, I'm curious how you layer in the technology focus on top of the, you know, traditional metrics, traditional and, you know, traditional deal analysis. Absolutely. hundred percent. So what I would say, I think the metaphor that might hit with your audience is we are much more a data and analytics Berkshire Hathaway than we are a data and analytics Blackstone. And what I mean by that, you know, phrase is when we look at transactions, we have a very, very long-term lens. We, and that enables us to construct transactions where our, where our upside is long dated. And uh, it enables us to think about value creation um, as opposed to a quick flip. We actually never look to, to flip the company. Um, and as a consequence, we look for management teams that are similarly engaged. And obviously there's an immediate, uh, uh, an immediate payout for the, for the seller. That, that, that's how these transactions work as your whole audience knows. Um, but we're, we're willing and able 
to think about the multiples that can be grown with the company through technology and utilizing the internal data of the company. And as a consequence, we can engage in transactions where much of our much of the rest of the market finds them uninteresting. Uh, and it enables us to you know, really pick uh, the, the, the transactions we want instead of um, you know, beg to be part of them. And, and I think uh, we've, um, we've had a very good track record of winning all the processes we want, we've wanted to win and engaging uh, you know, and getting uh, to the very end in all the deals that we've wanted to get to because um, you know, we, we think differently. Um, we look at the tech and data opportunities as opposed to merely the standard IRR metrics, the three to five year horizon IRR metrics that the standard private equity player might. Can I ask if she, when you, you know, you close a deal and you get in there, you know, in a company and you start, you know, putting your, your, your data analytics, your experience, your depth in the kind of tech, how, how does it layer into the everyday operation? How do you affect change from a technology point of view when you work with these companies after closing? What's, what's wonderful. I love, I love that. That's, that's, a, that's a great question because that is a really, you know, how does the rubber meet the road? And, um, I, I, I think that the simplest answer is during the due diligence process, we co-construct a business plan with the management team. And the way we do that is we say, tell me what your most important business needs are. Um, notice what I didn't say. I didn't say, I've got this bag of tricks. How might we use this bag of tricks? A lot of my colleagues who've enjoyed roles that sound like mine, C data, CXO, chief data officer, or CLX officer, that's often what they do. And I, I've always found that to fail. So we say, hey, what are the most important business processes? What are you most worried about? How do you think about acquiring revenue? What's the workflow around that? And then, we, and then as we have that conversation, given that we are AI and technology experts, we come up with products that we can layer in to their daily workflow. So, um, you know, it's public that we've, uh, uh, with, with your help, um, uh, with Sykeman's help, acquired a Cormorant Atlantic um, Utility Services Corporation, which we've now uh, rebranded as Connect Atlantic. Um, and what we did during due diligence and, and, and now post-acquisition said, how do you guys win business? How do you guys manage labor? How do you guys think about analytics with respect to your bidding process. And how might you do that if you had the best AI in the world? And it's, a, it's, a, it's actually a really exciting brainstorming process because very often uh, the folks on the ground don't necessarily, because they're just not AI experts, they don't realize what the art of the possible is. They don't realize that by mining all prior data, we can make smarter bids we can that, that maximize our margin and also maximize our probability of winning the bid at the same time. Uh, they don't think about necessarily how to do optimal fleet management, optimal cost control. Um, and certainly what we found in general is they don't necessarily think about data monetization, uh, which is now a buzz phrase, uh, meaning that they have a lot of proprietary data internal to the firm and, and making that be in, in an auxiliary, very high margin revenue stream. So that's what we do. We sit down, we diagram the company with them being guided by their highest business priorities. We walk through their daily workflows and brainstorm with how tech can help. And 
as we do that process, do literally dozens of ideas come up and then we prioritize those and we execute them. The key though, the absolute key is that whatever we do, we measure success. I've, to, to whatever degree my teams and I have enjoyed commercial uh, uh, successes have been because we've always quantified the benefit of everything that we've done in dollar terms. And it's, it's always the same thing with, with this company that we've acquired in Canada or any other. Uh, so that, that's the core part of, of, of the process. I've seen, I know uh, our viewers uh, some are interested in your perspective. You know, it's your, you've have a rich history of doing deals in the U S you're done now your first Canadian deal. Uh, is there anything uniquely, you know, unique from a Canadian perspective that you've seen or from a, from a deal perspective, any unique attributes about the Canadian marketplace that you've seen now having done a deal in Canada and, and, and now working your way through, uh, uh, you know, helping, to steer a Canadian company forward. So I wanted to get your perspective on uh, deal-making in Canada and, and what you see on the ground, what you've seen, and anything interesting from your perspective uh, from a comparative point of view. I think the headline is, I'm very bullish Canada, extremely bullish Canada. Uh, we've, we, we track, as you, I'm sure you and your audience would expect, a lot of, of quantitative factors and figures. And... Um, as a general comment, they are all pro-Canadian growth, uh, you know, in excess of, of, of its peer group, if you can call it that. As a consequence, uh, we are actively looking at all sorts of deals in Canada, be it healthcare, be it construction, be it infrastructure, be it logistics. And that's just basic macroeconomics and demographic factors be it everything from a growing population, which requires the additional infrastructure that goes along with that, be it things like climate change that will, we believe, be a net positive impact on the Canadian economy, be it things like an increasingly mat a maturing understanding of data and analytics, which, which allows our own differentiation to be that much better appreciated by the marketplace. So all these things coalesce, I think, for us to be extremely bullish the Canadian um, deal-making environment. Now you asked a somewhat distinct question as well, which is how does deal-making work in, the U in Canada versus the US? And listen, people are people, right? So it's not, it's not all that different. Uh, I, I would argue that in many ways, um, because it's, it's a bit of a less crowded field, um, it is easier to do, to do deals. I think folks are um, a lot less uh, transactional in their interpersonal communication. They're much more relationships driven. Um, obviously, I'm making generalizations, so it doesn't apply to everyone on either side of the border. But as a general comment, the, the culture seems to be more um, collaborative, even if you're on the opposite sides of the negotiating table, which obviously we appreciate. As a former physician, I'm a bit of a bleeding heart with respect to how I treat my, my colleagues on either side of the negotiating table. And, you know, it, it, I think it, it, all those things put together make for a very strong forward on, on the Canadian deal-making uh, uh, economy and environment. And we're extremely excited and delighted to have consummated one of our very first deals overall in Canada and look forward to doing many more. Wonderful. And uh, we're, look, we're looking forward to having you do more. Uh, uh, I have to ask you a question because I'm, I'm fascinated uh, by uh, your perspective on the market generally and where you think we're going, you know, in this, I, you know, excited to maybe use the words 
post-pandemic world, if, if we could say that. Maybe it's a little early. Maybe I'm just the man who believes in hope. But wanted to get your perspective. It's it's a very uh, active market. Deal flow is very strong. I mean, it yeah. seems like all across the capital structure, everybody's engaged. Where, yeah. where do you think this market's going from where, where, you, where you sit? Well, so insert the usual caveats here of no one knows the future, but, you know, being asked to pontificate, I'll oblige. I think the pandemic has really just accelerated pre-existing trends, uh, you know, and I'll speak somewhat selfishly to pilot waves investment thesis in my, in my response, which is technology has always been important to all sorts of businesses the pandemic has only accelerated that. Uh, our, you know, we, we have another we have another transaction we did in the U.S. on, on a restaurant chain, uh, and in the restaurant space, obviously, technology was a big thing prior to the pandemic. Even more now, I mean, you have to have digital omnichannel strategy now to even be a, to, uh, to, be, to have table stakes, uh, and we see that across all other businesses as well. So it's just accelerated that trend. I think we're going to have, um, you know, the Fed, uh, United States Federal Reserve has has been quite open. I, I, I would say even more uh, blunt than than they've been in the past twenty years about their continuing desire to um, to keep uh, interest rates low for maybe not the infinite future, but for the immediate future. I think that's that's having an effect of of an excess of, of capital just flowing around chasing deals. I think that will lead to a, a natural uh, increase in price. Um, just that's how macroeconomics works. Uh, and I think we're going to see a, a flurry of activity. Um, these things being cyclical as they are, at some point that's going to go in the reverse direction. Is that in two years or four years or eight years? I have no idea, nor would I argue as anyone else. Um, and a related uh, segment is is cryptocurrency. Uh, I'm sure that's on many of your listeners' minds. Uh, I'm of the point of view that cryptocurrency as an asset class is not going away. Uh, you know, folks who, who have followed my thoughts previously may may be aware that that I've been I've been of the of the theory many years ago. I, I came out and said that I thought that the cryptocurrency as an asset class would eventually. Be, take the role that gold takes today of, of you know, flight to quality. Um, that's, that's separate and distinct from being bullish or bearish any particular cryptocurrency, which I don't think I nor anyone else can pontificate on intelligently. Um, but I think that is going to have, when that happens, I think that's going to have a pretty important and, and profound impact on the global economy. And as it relates to to deal making as well, I don't I don't I don't think cryptocurrency is going to completely disappear. I think I think when we get to that state, um, and that's going to eventually result in uh, a a global economy, in my opinion, that will be uh, less and less bound uh, to the U.S. dollar, and that that is um, also strength that that trend is also strengthened by the rise of China. So. We're going to see a bunch of these trends just get accelerated by the pandemic as folks go more digital, as folks go more technological, as the pre-existing trends go just just go faster and more. Um, and you'll you'll layer on the normal cycle on top of that. Now, as it as it respects to what we do at Pilot Wave, it just means our RO differentiate our investment thesis is even more relevant and differentiated. And we, as a result, have very much benefited from the pandemic. And obviously, I take no pleasure in the global suffering at all. 
but insofar as the relevance of our investment thesis has been even more relevant and we've we've been we've been able to move with even more conviction so that was maybe a, a, a more of a disarrayed answer that perhaps you wanted but i think there's a lot of factors going on right now that will just continue to uh, move forward in an accelerated fashion catalyzed by the pandemic Avshin, I, I I appreciate it, and I, and I actually think that your your perspective, both on micro and a macro level, uh, in terms of where things are going, is 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 enormously appreciated. And uh, and in, in looking at it also from the angle of cryptocurrency, which I think sometimes gets underplayed uh, in terms of its role in the marketplace in the future. Um, well, I wanted to thank you. I mean, we've we've uh, had a wonderful uh, conversation. I I think really appreciate you joining us today and and really appreciate the variety of the topics we've discussed. I think they're going to be hugely beneficial for our audience and of interest, but thank you for joining us. We hope to have you do more in Canada. <laughs> thank <laughs> and, you. And, uh, and it's been a pleasure. Thank you again. No, no, the, the pleasure is mine. And I, and I don't want to leave this conversation without thanking you personally, Mario, and the team at Stike Elliott. You guys were our lead counsel for that transaction and you were absolutely wonderful. I think if any of your listeners uh, are you know US based or Canada based and are thinking about counsel, I can't recommend you guys more highly. So thank you. Thank you again for these for, for the help on the transaction. Thank you. Uh, thank you for the kind words.